All right, we're a few days for late for this thing, but I have not been feeling the best the last couple of days, so I figure I better get out now, though, because it's Wednesday. It's the one day before the NCAA tournament starts, and everybody's starting to fill out their brackets. So I figure I'd give you a lowdown on my bracket, what's going to be like, and hopefully you guys can either go against it or go with it. Heck, that's the goal, right? Is to so. We have our opening round matchups. We have the the West. Let's start. Let's begin there. We got Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Obviously Gonzaga. Uh, you got Memphis and Boise State. Now this is a little bit of a different uh, matchup. You got Boise State, who's coming off the WCC champion or uh, a WAC championship. Um, or and then you have Memphis, who it, who's based done made a big big run. Um, as well um i'm going memphis i think that hardaway is just going to have that team ready to go i think boise state yeah has been good this year i just think memphis is too athletic to to um to not pull this one off in advance at least one more round Uh, uconn versus new mexico state uconn arkansas versus vermont i'm going with the upset with vermont with the catamounts on this one um you know they, the Vermont's nine and one on an on a uh, home or away right now in their last ten games. Uh, Arkansas seven and three. Catamount the Catamounts shoot the ball better from beyond the arc and from inside and at the free throw line they're about the same. Um. They're definitely, uh, the Vermont's definitely a very dangerous mid-major team. So, and the game's being played in Buffalo. Um, and to me, that's the the biggest factor when you think about this is what's the vicinity that Vermont's got going on here. So, going to Vermont. Next up is Alabama, and they'll play the winner of the rutgers Notre Dame game tonight. I'm going with Alabama on this one, no matter who the winner of that Rutgers and Notre Dame game is. The Rutgers, I think, are going to be a legit contender contender next year uh, for a Big Ten title, uh, conference, uh, regular season title anyways. Um, They have made vast improvements the last couple years. Notre Dame just sneaks in. And I actually think the loser, I think the Rutgers actually wins that game tonight too. Next up, you got Texas Tech and Montana State. Going Texas Tech here. Um, just Texas Tech has been underrated all year. Um, they're definitely the third best team in that in the in the Big Twelve. Next up, you got Michigan State Davidson. Um, I'm going with the upset. Usually, I go usually with Tom Izzo and being in the tournament. I'm going with Izzo, but going with Davidson and the upset. Um, I think they're, I think them losing to losing in the, uh, in the, in that championship game against a Richmond was, was a fluke. And I think they'll definitely turn it around and get the win here to advance one more round. Uh, then you got Duke and Cal State Florton definitely going Duke here. Um, and then. Then the let's just finish out the entire West bracket for you. So we got in the round of thirty-two, 
We got Gonzaga, Memphis going Gonzaga. Gonzaga is just the number one overall team. They're just going to be too. They're just too big, and the to me, Gonzaga doesn't have a have any competition until they get to the elite eight in this in this uh, bracket. There, it's by far the West is by far the easiest bracket for the from the one seed to get through. Um, I got Connecticut, Vermont going to UConn, Alabama, Texas Tech going to Texas Tech, Duke, Davidson, Duke wins it. Next, uh, Zaga versus Connecticut going Zaga, Duke, Texas Tech, Duke. So you got Zaga versus Duke, and I got Zaga moving on into the uh, Final Four. Next up, you have your East region. I got Baylor and Norfolk State, Baylor, North Carolina, Marquette. Going Marquette. I don't think North Carolina can can run with Shaka Smart's team. Uh, St. Mary's and in Indiana. I'm going St. Mary's. Then you have UCLA and Akron. UCLA, Texas versus Vatech. Vatech's only in because they won the ACC. Otherwise, I don't think they would be in at all. And that eleventh eleventh seed really proves that. Uh, going with Texas, Purdue and Yale. Uh, going Purdue. I know Yale came off that big shocker against Princeton, but I I think Purdue's height, they have a huge height advantage, and I'm sure that's what's going to take effect on this. Next up, you got Murray State and San Francisco. Going Murray State, the racers are just, that's it, they're just racers. Uh, they'll get out and run and gun you. Kentucky versus St. Peter's, I'm going with Kentucky, so... They'll move on. Uh, next up, you got Baylor versus Marquette. I'm going Baylor. Baylor, again, is you can say they're 1A or 1B in that Big 12 conference, but that Big 12 conference is, is really um, basically beat each other up throughout the entire season. And you got to give props to Baylor and how they're continually to stay dominant over the years, these last few years. Um, St. Mary's, UCLA. I definitely think the St. Mary's can beat UCLA on this one, so I'm going St. Mary's. St. Mary's is very underrated. Uh, they've only lost twice in the last nine games, I think, and both of those times were against Gonzaga. So, and they were only blo- they weren't even really blown out by them either. Um, and St. Mary's is pretty much Gonzaga's kryptonite too. Next up, you got Texas and Purdue. Um, going Purdue again with the height. Um, Purdue Purdue just has height, and their guard play is just this is really stellar. And I think they would have won the Big Ten uh, tournament had they not ran into the hottest team in the Big Ten going right now um, with Iowa. So um, then you got Murray State versus Kentucky. I think Kentucky gets out and runs, um, and I don't think they really run Murray State out the building, but. It's going to be a close, closer matchup than what we think, but I think Kentucky pulls it out. Um, now in your, now with the next matchups, uh, you got Baylor and St. Mary's. I have a toss. I'm really tossed up on this one because I think St. Mary's can beat Baylor. So I'm, my heart says go St. Mary's, but my head's saying you got to pick Baylor on this. Um, Baylor has definitely got the experience. St. Mary's has. Has the has the continuity though? Um, they play well as a team, so I'm I'm going with Baylor as much as I don't want to. Uh, next up, Purdue and Kentucky again. Purdue I think just wins it with their height and their athleticism down low. Their guard plays really good. I think Kentucky's inexperience um, is is going to be a factor in this one. 
And then you got Baylor and Purdue and going with Baylor. So on this side of the bracket, we got Gonzaga and Baylor in the final four. Over in the south, you got Arizona and the winner of the Wright State Bryant game tonight. I really think Arizona is going to win this one. Hands down, no no biggie on that one. Uh, Seton Hall, TCU. Again, it was another toss-up for me on this one, but I'm going with Seton Hall. Um, I just ha- I just like Seton Hall. <laughs> That's all there is to it. No matter, whenever they're in the tournament, I always pick them to win. Uh, at least a game. Next up, Houston and UAB. Houston, I think, is, comes out and wins this one. Um, Illinois, Chattanooga. Uh, Illinois takes down the mocks. Uh, Michigan and Cal- Colorado State and Michigan. Uh, now, this one, I think, is going to come down to a... So, Colorado State, as of yesterday, had not even had their time frame. Or Monday, I guess. They hadn't even been locked up when their plane was going to leave, is what I read. And so, I think with them having travel plan delays and everything else, and then Michigan being able to just take the bus, it's not too hard. I'm going with Michigan on this one. Uh, Michigan had a really strong strength of schedule. Their record of 17-11... Uh, or 17 and 14 really wasn't indicative on how how hard their schedule was and that's the reason why I made the, they made the tournament in the first place is because of the strength of the schedule which is 34th ranked in the nation so definitely going with Michigan State over Colorado Michigan State not Michigan over Colorado State next up you got Tennessee and Longwood uh taking Tennessee Ohio State and Loyola Chicago going with Loyola Chicago um, Villanova over Delaware. Then we have Arizona. We have Arizona, Seton Hall, uh, Arizona. Arizona's a strong team. They're definitely number two, the second best team in the nation uh, at this point. Uh, you got Houston, Illinois. You got Houston winning them, winning that game. Uh, Michigan and Tennessee. Tennessee wins. Uh, Loyola, Chicago versus Nova going Villanova. Then I got Arizona over Houston and Nova over Tennessee. Uh, in the in the Elite Eight game, I do have Nova winning it though, so I'm still sticking with Nova. And all right, now you got the Midwest Division. This by far has to be the hardest side of this entire bracket. By far, it has to be the entire the hardest. I mean, we got Kansas, you got Iowa, you got Richmond, you got LSU. Wisconsin, you got USC, Auburn, like you got this, the thing is stacked. Providence, South Dakota State, like this, this, this bracket, this side of the bracket is stacked and is like to me the hardest one to choose from and it's going to be the hardest thing to get out of. Um, and if you don't bring your A game every single night, you're not going to, you're not going to win. So, I got Kansas versus Texas Southern. Kansas is winning. Uh, Creighton and San Diego State. This is a toss-up for me, but I'm I'm a homer. So uh, Creighton's in Omaha. I'm based out of Iowa. We're going Creighton over San Diego State, even though they got second place in the in in the Mountain West. Uh, Iowa over Richmond. Again, the Spiders get in because they won their beat Davidson. Iowa. Was gonna, I was gonna make it no matter what, and Iowa moved up from a seventh seed all the way up to a fifth seed. I really think they should have been higher since they did win the Big Ten tournament, um, and you know they are the hottest team in the in the Big Ten right now. So 
Got Iowa moving on. Providence and South Dakota State. Again, this is another toss-up for me because South Dakota State's 30-4. and four. Um, Granted, they don't play a lot of, lot of big-time teams, but still winning 30 games is a huge deal. And then you got Providence, who the Friars have just been on fire this year. Um, so with it being in Buffalo, I was going to take Providence, but I think South Dakota State can really pull out the upset here. I really do think South Dakota State can come out and shoot shoot, shoot from three point land and 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 turn over the upset on this one. Um, you have uh, South Dakota State that averages eighty seven, almost eighty seven points a game. Um, they're ten and zero in their last ten games. Obviously, uh, they shoot fifty two percent from the field goal range and they're forty four percent from beyond the arc and they're 75% from the free throw line. So I really think that South Dakota state can pull off the upset on this one. Um, and then I got LSU and Iowa state. I think LSU with all their, all the crap that's going on with them. I definitely think that, uh, the players are going to come out and they're going to play hard. And I think they will be Iowa state. Uh, Iowa state has started off, started off really good. And then they kind of just, stop playing it looked like uh, next up we got Wisconsin and Colgate uh this is another one where I could have went with Colgate um over Wisconsin um and people are like well that's crazy but when Colgate scores signing with six points a game they only give up 67 points um and then they shoot better from if they shoot very from better from two from field goals percentage wise and three pointers I mean and if you just hold down Johnny Davis I mean you're gonna end up end up beating them so but going Wisconsin here uh, and then you got USC Miami of Florida going USC and you got Auburn and Jacksonville State next up we so in the next round we got Kansas and Creighton um, going with Kansas Iowa South Dakota State I think Iowa just comes out and plays really good they're playing the Iowa's playing extremely well on both ends of the floor so that definitely helps LSU over Wisconsin. Um, yeah, I'm taking LSU over Wisconsin on this one. Um, I think Wisconsin, again, if you stop Johnny Davis, you stop the rest of that team. So I think LSU can do that. Um, LSU definitely, like I said, is going to be playing on the chip with a chip on their shoulder. And the, it, it's gonna, they're just going to come out and show that. So, I mean, Wisconsin really doesn't shoot the ball that well. They shoot 42% from field goal, 31% from three-point land, and 74% from the free throw line. Like, they don't shoot the ball well. So, like I said, if you can stop Johnny Davis, you can beat that team. Next up, you got USC and Auburn. Uh, going to Auburn here. Um, Auburn's just been one of the top five teams all year. And then you got then next matchup, you got Kansas and Iowa and Auburn and LSU. Uh, I'm going again. I'm a homer, so I'm going to go with Iowa here. Um, even though you know it just, Iowa's just been on a tear, like I said, and this this would be a really good matchup too if that gets about this far because they both shoot about the same. There's a one and a one point seven percent difference between field goal rating and. <clears throat> Field goal percentage and three point percentage. Um, Iowa shoots the ball just a, a nick better on the three point line, um, and Kansas shoots the ball just a nick better <coughs> in the. Uh, sorry, uh, still got this freaking cold. Um, 
And then they shoot both about the same on the free throw line. So I think this would be a really good matchup. I do think Iowa pulls it out, though, as just because, again, I'm a homer. I'm going homer here. So a little biasness. Uh, LSU and Auburn. But, I mean, even Kirk Herbstreit has biases, right, when he picks Ohio State to win every game. And next up, I got LSU and Auburn. Um, I think Auburn Auburn's going to win. I mean, that's – I think LSU's run stops there. So you got two and a – so you got Iowa and Auburn, and I got Iowa winning it. And then, like, and then everybody's like, well, yeah, that's because you're a homer, Chad. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right, I am. Uh, however, in the Final Four, I got Gonzaga and Baylor. I think Baylor beats Gonzaga – to move to the finals, and I got Nova and Iowa, and <clears throat> I'm taking Nova over Iowa. So, and I got Baylor and Nova in the championship, and I'm taking Nova with the win. Uh, I think Villanova wins it. Um, so, I mean that, and that'd be a really good championship game too, because you got if Nova and Baylor make the championship game, you have a net ranking of fourth and eighth. Yeah, they're five and Baylor's five and three against the top twenty-five. Nova's eight and five. Nova has a, the sixth strongest strength of schedule. Baylor's got the twenty-sixth. Uh, you got points per game seventy-six for Baylor, seventy-two for Nova, and then they give up about sixty-three points piece. So, and then Nova's by is by far the best free throwing shooting team in in the in the country. At 82%, uh, they also shoot 35% from the line, from three-point line, and 43% from field goals. But you have Baylor that shoots really good at the twos. So, I think, I really think that uh, Nova can pull it off here. That Jay Wright is just unbelievable as a coach. So, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be a fun tournament. So, hey, if you, uh, so that's all I got for this one. Um, it's just a quick little little one. Uh, you are going to start hearing some ads on my podcast as well. Um, Anchor is sponsoring me, so you'll hear me talk about Anchor um, um, as well. Um, what else we got going on? Uh, still going to try to do a Friday. We'll still get again. We're going to start doing Monday podcasts, uh, so that way I can do it over the weekend. So. This will be the only podcast for this week, and then we'll I'll get a podcast out on Monday. Uh, so until then, you guys can follow me on Twitter at one guy with a mic. Follow me on TikTok at one guy with a mic. We're about two hundred followers away from a thousand there. Uh, if we get to a thousand followers on on TikTok, I'm gonna do a live and I'm gonna shoot out and I'll do a shout out for every single person that's uh, do a shout out for every single person that I know that has. Um. Uh, followed me on the talk or uh, that followed me on TikTok and also on Twitter. So if you follow me on both, then you'll get a shout out in the in, in our first live. Um. Also, you can find me on Twitch at one guy with Mike. Uh, still not doing a whole lot of. I still haven't done any streaming yet. I'm still trying to figure out that. So I mean, also if you want to make a donation to the podcast, uh help get equipment so we can start doing some video podcasts. Um, that would be awesome as well. You can find that at uh, anchor.fm backslash Chad hyphen Kane three. Um, and that'll go straight to 
the the website. If you want to, you can also it's also linked to my Twitter bio, Twitter bio, and also my twit and also my TikTok bio as well. So, other than that, hope you guys have a great week, and um, we'll talk to you next week. He has a fifty six point two percent catch ratio, um, targeted second most on the team. Uh, he also has eleven point seven yards before the catch and four point three yards after the catch. So. Do the Bengals have a guy that's going to be able to guard him? That's the question. Because Van Jefferson starts in the, on the outside and he starts in the slot. And again, another guy that stepped it up when Bobby Trees, as they like to call Robert Woods, um, went out on injury. And he's made some huge plays down the sideline, especially against that Bucks team. You know, made some huge plays down the sideline. So... Van Jefferson, the Bengals are going to figure out how to cover him. I, I don't know if they have the guys to do it or not. Um, but, hey, we'll talk about the defense here in a minute. All right, Tyler Boyd, uh, he's going to be the X factor for the Bengals, I think. The guy has five touchdowns. He has 6.6 yards before the catch, 5.5 yards after the catch, and a 98.2 passer rating. So, He's he's doing that OBJ thing right now. He gets between the linebacker and the safeties. So you have so basically you have Jamar Chase going down the sideline. So picture this: Jamar Chase is going down the sideline. He's either going for a fly route, or a post right, or even double post, or even a double move. <coughs> Sorry. Then you have Higgins. You got him on the opposite side on the outside, going up ten yards cutting across, taking out that safety, making that safety spread out. Then you have Tyler Boyd coming under underneath, either with a crossing route or a slant that just gets you on the other side of the linebackers. And then you got CJ Uzma, who's basically blocking. And then if, and then basically the last outlet, cause he's going to block and then he's going to release. And then there, and then you have Mixon coming out of the backfield for a little swing route or anything else like that. So, those are your those are the targets. Now, the Bengals have proven that you can stop them for a little bit, but you can't stop them for the entire game. And they have just gotten hotter over the throughout the year as well. They have just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And the best time to get on a streak is in playoffs. I mean, ask the Giants when they won their Super Bowls, coming in as the sixth seed and running through it. I mean, the Bengals the same way. They just got hot. The Rams um I think their biggest tough their biggest matchup was you know, you had to get over the Buccaneers. So you got over Tom Brady and them, but then you had to beat the Niners for once to make it to the Super Bowl. So the Niners are have been the Rams the Rams, you know, black cat of source and they were finally able to get over them uh but again who are the rams gonna who do the rams have that can stop that many targets going out for passes well we're gonna find out right now because here's the defenses so let's break it down per player on the defense okay we're gonna start with the rams we just see what they can do so you have aaron donald and leonard floyd you got two guys Basically, Leonard Floyd's linebacker. You got Donald in the middle. 
Donald has 12 and a half sacks on the year, leads the team, 41 pressures. He has 10 knockdowns, and he has 18 hurries. Second behind him is Leonard Floyd. Okay, so you have Leonard Floyd. He has nine and a half sacks, 18 hurries, 37 pressures, and six knockdowns. So if they're blitzing Donald, they're blitzing Floyd. That's what they're doing. You also have Jalen Ramsey on the outside, and you have uh, Darius Williams on the outside as well. Now, Ramsey has four INTs. I think Ramsey lines up against Higgins. I think that's the matchup that we have that you're going to have to watch. I don't think Ramsey tries and guards, guards Jamar Chase um, the entire game because Jamar Chase will just run Ramsey out of the building. I definitely think Ramsey is going to have to guard Higgins um, in order for to stop those deep crossers, those that deep post route. You know, I think that's where Ramsey's going to have to do it because most of the targets go to Higgins. Jamar Chase just hits the big plays. So you got Ramsey again, uh, uh, fifty nine point two percent completion percentage. He's allowed three hundred and twenty one air yards. And 303 yards after the catch. So he's allowed a total of 624 yards um, this year. So guys do get up the field on him. Um, but he's only allowed three TDs. And he doesn't only... And you're only going to complete 59% of the time. So he is your lockdown corner for the Rams. Darius Williams on the other side. He's going to have a tough matchup guarding, guarding Chase. However, I do think that What's going to happen is they'll put Williams on Chase, but then you're going to have safety help over the top. They're going to put a little spy on him. Then if Chase decides to go in the middle, you're going to have a linebacker drop back. So they'll bracket it off, figure out some way to take Chase out of the game. However, Chase is going to come back for a screen and get up the field. I mean, if Chase gets the ball in open field, he's just, he's going to be gone. As it was happened against the Chiefs when he got caught a screen and was gone for 50 yards. So... Darius Williams has no INTs on the year. He has lost 62% of completion percentage, uh, 95.8 passer rating, and 4 TDs. So, this Rams secondary is good, but not great. Uh, he has 409 yards, air yards against him and 201 yards after the catch. So, he lost 610. So, again, you're getting up the field on these guys. They're just not letting you score the touchdown a lot. Um and then you have the Rams blitzed 267 times, causing only um, only causing pressure 171 times. Uh, they get a majority of their pressure from Aaron Donald, Gaines, and Miller and Floyd. So they're like I said, they they are blitzing that middle is what they're doing. Uh, then you all the the percentage of them on this blitzing account accounts for so you have sixty six percent of the time is with Floyd and Miller blitzing. Or no, sorry, I take that back. So. 66% of the time they blitz with Floyd and Miller blitzing 40% of the time. So they bring those linebackers. Um, Von Miller is definitely going to be the X factor on this Rams defense. Von Miller has got to bring the heat. 
with eight games against with the Rams, eight games played, not including the playoff. He has five sacks, 14 pressures, five knockdowns, and five hurries on 38 blitzes. So he's getting to the quarterback. He's getting to the quarterback a lot. Um, and he's coming off that edge. I don't, with the Bengals line, I don't think they can contain the Rams rush. So if the Rams are able to, if the Rams are able to rush or able to blitz or able to get Burrow to hurry up, it's probably going to cause a lot of, it's probably going to help that second. It's definitely going to help their secondary out. Definitely going to help their, their pass coverage out a lot. If they can get Floyd, Donald, Miller, to to the to the quarterback, they can just put pressure on him. Now Aaron Donald's gonna get his. Aaron Donald's just just a beast. And the Bengals' offensive line this year has proven that they cannot ha- that they cannot handle an inside rush. So with that in mind, Aaron Donald's gonna get to Burrow. Um, so the the counter that the Bengals need to. Spread the ball around. They need to do some screen passes, get the defense up the field towards the quarterback, and then drop it off to Mixon. Run some wide receiver screens. Have Chase Boyd come back, take two steps back into the backfield, and then take off with it. On and that, I think that's how the how the Bengals can offset that defense. Now, on the Bengals side, you have Trey Hendrickson, who leads the team with fourteen sacks. 14 knockdowns, and 45 pressures, okay? He's the big guy up front. You got Eli Apple on the outside, and he's been been tremendous for this Bengals team. He has a 60.3% completion rating and three TDs have given up and 602 yards given up as well. And then you got Chidobi Awuzi, 58.2% of his the passes thrown his way are completed, but they're underneath routes mostly, it seems like, because he's only given up 494 yards. Uh, he's only allowed three TDs. So, And then his QB rating is a 75.1 um, as well. So, or no, I take that back. His is 86.6, and, Rant, and Eli Apple's is 75.1. So, it's going to be... Right there is their defense can cover guys. I mean, they held the Chiefs in check. They held, I wouldn't say the Raiders really in check. I mean, but A.J. Brown didn't get off big plays. I mean, the Raiders really don't have anybody to, see, look at that. The Raiders got brought up again in this podcast. I'm telling you folks, it's just going to happen. Okay. And when you get to baseball season, it's going to be the Cubs. It's going to be the Angels. When you get to bath, when we start talking about basketball, it's going to be the Clippers and how sad that story has been. But back here. So the Bengals against the Raiders. Raiders obviously don't have a lot of wide receiver targets. So, but they were able to hold him in check. However, Hunter Renfro still did, did, did do Hunter Renfro things. So you're going to have Eli Apple and... Uh, a woozy. So I think Apple is going to be on cup. That's how I think the Bengals are going to play it. Apple's going to be on cup. Um, cup's going to catch a lot of underneath routes, but he's not going to get over the top. Okay. A woozy is going to 
is will be on either will just be on who's ever on the outside on the other side, whether that's Odell or whether that's Van Jefferson. He's just gonna stay on the opposite outside. But I think Eli Apple shadows Cooper Cup the entire game. Now, as long as Eli, Eli Apple doesn't turn to the EI Eli Apple of old and actually is able to contain Cooper Cup, I mean you're you're only gonna contain him. You're not gonna you're not gonna make Cooper Cup uh you're not going to take him out of the pitcher. You only can hope to contain him. All right. So if that can happen, limit the passes to Cup, then the Bengals defense has a chance to pull this off as a win. Now, who else do that Bengals have on defense? Well, they got Sam Hubbard. He has seven and a half sacks. I mean, their front, their defensive line, their front four gets provides 70% of the defensive pressure. So basically, the, the the Bengals are only sending four at a time, and then they're dropping back in coverage. I think that's going to be a huge deal against this Rams defense, or against this Rams offense, <coughs> is that they're going to have that. They're going to get the front four pressure. Um, obviously, I think that if they can just start getting at Stafford's feet, just making him move his feet, that front four is going to provide enough pressure to where that defense can drop back in coverage and cover those underneath routes and cover those deep routes. And, you know, they don't throw the ball that much to the running back. So Stafford's going to have to find Sonny Michelle or Cam Akers out of the backfield more, I think, this game than he has any previous year, any previous game. So got Sam Hubbard with seven and a half sacks. He's got 10 knockdowns, 39 pressures. Uh, you got Larry... Ojanobi, and he's got nine hurries, seven knockdowns, seven sacks, and 24 pressures. Um, every time they blitzed, 175 times set pressure, got pressure. Majority of the blitzes from the linebacker and safety as well. Um, so when they, so basically, what was happening here with the, this is what I noticed about the Bengals defense. Okay, they weren't they weren't blitzing. They didn't throw in. So a blitz package is. A blitz is five or more. Okay, so they were they were they weren't sending that fifth guy on a lot of this pressure that their front four was able to establish. But when they did send that fifth guy, it was from the safety position or from a linebacker position, and they didn't send. And from what I found doing all my numbers research is that they is that they didn't rush, they never rushed, it seemed like they never rushed more than seven at a time. So they weren't trying to blitz you because they knew their front four was going to get there. So they just needed to throw that extra guy in there. Um, And I think that's what's going to happen a lot as well. So the Bengals' front four has to get to Stafford. Um, The X factor is going to be the Bengals' front four. That's what the X factor is for the Bengals defense, is the Bengals front four. All right, now, let's summarize this. Um, I don't, last time I saw the point spread, it was four and a half. I'm taking the Bengals plus four and a half. Okay, I'm taking the over. Both teams give a lot of points, both teams score a lot of points. I am going to go with locking it in. The Bengals are going to win. 
the Bengals have so many more weapons on offense, and they don't have to bring the blitz as much as what the Rams do. Duh. The Rams has to in order to get pressure. Um, the Rams have to throw everybody they have to get pressure. Now, I know I know the Bengals have a have a so-so line. However, that line has stepped it up, stepped it up against last week against, against the Chiefs. Okay? I think with two weeks between the Chiefs game and this game, that line gets even better. Um I think Zach Taylor puts a, puts together a game plan that's going to get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase the a Super Bowl. I think Zach Taylor Talk about coaches that don't get enough, coaches that don't get time in the NFL to succeed, to have that success. Um, Zach Taylor was given that time, and look at what he's done. He's got the Bengals to a Super Bowl. I think the Bengals win the Super Bowl. Um, I think it's going to be a close game, but Stafford throws a couple interceptions. Uh, They... They don't have a running game, so basically, and with, so you're limited to Stafford and Cup, Stafford and OBJ. Tyler Higby is going to have to do something, but I don't think he does a whole lot. So I'm definitely taking the Bengals. Final score is going to be 37 Bengals to 31 Rams. 37-31. Bengals win it. Locking it in. Go place your bets. Go tell everybody the worldwide that one guy with the mic is saying the Bengals are going to win it. And definitely take down the email address, onegaywithamike at gmail.com. Shoot me your thoughts. Shoot me your opinions. And y'all have a great day. All right, and thanks again for listening. And one more thing before we go. Hit that follow button, ring that bell, so that way, if you are listening to the first time, you can hit that follow button. You're going to get, anytime I drop a new podcast, um, you get that bell, it's going to send a notification to your phone um, with the follow, it just pops up in your playlist. With the bell, you get the notification. So, make sure you do that as well, and again, thanks for listening, thanks for taking time out of your day. It's always been a pleasure to give you my thoughts on the, on the situations that's going on, and I'm excited for this game. So, again, thank you. Have a great day. Tell someone you love them.